Foods of Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Shayna. Hi, Shayna. Hello. And our guest today, I'm going to let introduce himself because I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Oystein or Oystein. Do you want to say where you're from and perhaps where your name comes from? Yeah, it's a good first question. Good icebreaker <laughs> for the ice show. Um, yeah, so I'm from Norway, the uh, the good neighbor uh, next door. And uh, my name's uh, name, uh, well, it's obviously very Norwegian. Uh, one of those old Viking names where, uh, yeah, we did actually have uh, kings called Einstein. Um So, uh, you know. Go back a thousand years, we all know, well, obviously this is how you say pronounce it, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, basically my, my mom gave us all very old school or uh, Norse name. So um, yeah, it's one of those, but yeah, it doesn't work as well internationally when you go anywhere outside Norway. So what are you generally called in other places? Yeah, it changes a bit, but uh, generally Oystein, Oystein seems to work. Um, I worked in kitchens in uh, in. Uh, London for a while, and uh, there ended with oyster. Of course. So you know, it's anything related to, to food is okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what brought you to live in, um, let's see, the enemy big brother country of Sweden instead mm. of Norway? Why do you say it's big brother? I mean, I feel like that relationship between our countries have changed a little. <laughs> I don't know. I was just looking up some things and it said Norway is usually mm. referred to as Sweden's little brother. I think Let's it's a population brothers. thing. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. We go by that and not oil money. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's between Volvo and oil money, but you know, details. Um, but yeah, I mean, I moved here. I mean, me and my wife moved here. Um, I know she's been on the show as well, so I have to get it right why we moved there. But um, in general, it, it, yeah, she did this amazing uh, Excel spreadsheet, which she, she does, and finding out of the worst in this next destination. Um, and, you know, part of it was, of course, for her to get a job as well. So for her, um, yeah, she got a great job here with, of course, you know, a good company um, and, um yeah, and from that spreadsheet, it basically showed, you know, where where is it good for family life? Where is it good for um, having a bit more, better work-life balance, basically? Um, and then, you know, between here and Amsterdam, yeah, you know, we lived in London at the time, and it was really looking at, okay, where do we see ourselves long-term? Um, and then, yeah, for next stage of life, it felt like a good uh, good direction. But, you know, first of all, the, the key was for, for my wife to get a, a job first. And if we would move to Scandinavia, then, you know, I have a little bit of an advantage since I speak the language. But then for her, it's, it's important that uh, it's a good fit as well. And to be honest, you know, she's been a, went there once before. Um, and um, and um, from that once, we were like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it seems to fit the, fit the brief. I have to say, I'm super nerdy. I want to see this spreadsheet. It sounds amazing. <laughs> it's a good one. I mean, she loves spreadsheets. Um, I'm more like, I don't want to plan too much. And she's like, <laughs> we need to plan. We need a spreadsheet. I'm like, okay, fair. Because, you know, when you first start looking into things, you're like, okay, well, you know, how do you then come to, how do you look at everything and think, okay, actually, what is important for us? But yeah, it's a little geeky, um, but, you know, I love her for it. We ended up in a good place, so I can't complain. <laughs> you guys make a fantastic team then, right? Exactly, yeah. The planner and the spontaneous. 
non-planner. <laughs> so how does it feel for you to be in Sweden? What does your your family think about that? And do you get to go see them more often than you did in London now? Well, uh, for me, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great to be here um, now. I mean, in general, it's relatively close to Norway, but you know, I lived abroad for like 15 years now. Um, so for my whole kind of most of my professional life I've been abroad and yeah you get used to it and I love that international feel so for us staying here it seems to be a good fit versus yeah going to Norway now it's very home and it's very Norwegian Um, I still want that international life Um, and uh, and yeah it's good to be closer to family and obviously the family back home is happy Um, and I guess I mean to be honest we don't see them much often more often but it's one of those things where it you can actually drive back home with within six hours and it would take much longer to drive back home from london um so you have that benefit and also for the future where if there's a family involved and you have kids then yeah, it's definitely a benefit isn't it so what were some of the things on the spreadsheet now i asked your wife this question when she was on uh, mm. just a couple of episodes ago but let's just say between norway and sweden factor out the job but the state of living what would you mm. say were the big differences state of living i mean i would say that the kind of quality of life is high in both countries i think that's a plus i mean if you lived in norway if you lived in sweden it would be you know you would have a good life it would be a good standard and i think a lot of those it parts are quite similar. You know, you would have a good job. and But I, I think the biggest difference is, I mean, for me, probably that international side of things, where in Norway and Oslo, you can find some international companies. But if you see, for example, in Stockholm, the amount of big unicorns or big tech companies or companies that, I mean, in America, wherever you know about and have probably offices around the world, you will have those international companies there. And you can speak English. As you both probably know, like you can go a lot of companies here just saying, okay, English are our spoken language. In Norway, you do have to learn Norwegian in probably like 95% of the job, if not more. So it's one of those things that you have to learn. Maybe you can start off speaking English and then kind of learning a bit. But yeah, it's an expectation there that you should kind of fit into that Norwegian model. I was also reading that the cost of food and rent in Norway is about mm. 30% higher than in Sweden. I'm not sure if that information's accurate. The internet told mm. me this. Well, the internet says it's true on the higher costs, but I mean, that's also why all the Norwegians go to the Swedish border to buy food, I guess. <laughs> when, when I grew up, I mean, we, we had a cabin very close to the border in Sweden. And uh, what we always did, we drove in and we could buy so much uh, small goodies you know, small, like the, the the mixed candy. And you can get like a like big bags full of this candy. And it's so cheap. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you got, of course, so nauseous of how much small like, candy you ate on your way home. So it wasn't allowed all the time. But it's one of those things like, yeah, back home, you probably have like a small bag. <laughs> so you have a big bag of candy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, another point is you probably earn more in Norway in general. So it kind of weighs up, I think, you know, yes, the cost of food costs a bit more. But yeah, if you earn more as a general basis, you can probably afford it as well. So yeah, I, I think most people are okay with the levels. But, you know, it's in every country cost of foods like you're seeing now in the market going up then 
clearly everyone complains about it. Well, oh, yeah. And then also Sweden is within the EU, which and Norway is not, which I think also mm. brings a lot of these more international companies over here. The, the thing I like about being in the EU is, yes, if you want to try to live somewhere else in one of the other EU countries, it's so much easier. And we have kids that are getting older and wanting to start college. And it is nice for them to have the opportunity to choose to go to another EU country to study. So I, I would think that would be a little bit of a disadvantage with Norway. But I have to say, you guys have fjords and we don't. And I'm very jealous of that. Well, it's true. We've got a nature, but we are in a, a European economic area, EEA. So what that means is that I can also work and live anywhere in the EU. So we basically implement, I mean, something like 95% of the, the regulations and laws of the EU that they impose. So what that means is that we have those rights. So as long as you, so if you see the, the queue on a passport, Norway, Switzerland, we're always involved in that, including that because we pay, I mean, a lot into this, but to be a part. So that's why I could live in London. I can live, I mean, anywhere in the EU before. And yeah, I mean, that's so you get all the benefits basically oh, from that. that's good. I didn't know about that. And so, yeah, so, as, you know, if you are in the EU, you can work and live in Norway as well. And that's why it's the Swedes. Lots of them, thousands of them always worked in, in Norway. I was going to say, because isn't that like kind of the ideal is you live in Sweden for slightly cheaper prices and work in Norway to make a higher salary. Yeah. Well, then you got the point of taxation, which is never fun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Comes to an end. Didn't consider that. <laughs> I was talking to my husband and I, I said, I got a guy on from Norway. What should I ask him? And he wants to know why in Oslo we saw so many people carrying skis all over town. We think it's hilarious when we see like the country's stereotypes. Like every time we go to Paris, we see so many people just walking around with baguettes. And in Oslo, it was people walking around with skis and it just cracked us up. Is this like everybody <laughs> skis or... I mean, people in Sweden ski, but you don't walk around the capital city just holding your skis all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a geeky, I think, a national thing almost that, but, you know, we say about Norwegians, we're born with skis. And, and yeah, in Oslo, if you see like people ski to job, to work if there's snow. So people always just, yeah, if there's an opportunity, they will use it. Um, I guess there's a lot of less, like less people in Norway than you have in Sweden. Um, so maybe there's more space for people to run around with skis. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a thing. I use a sled for the grocery store sometimes. So if it's snowing, then nice. I don't have to carry That's my groceries. Good. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, question number two, why is Norway so big on trolls? I mean, in Sweden, we've got like a little bit of this troll culture thing, but nothing mm. like Norwegians. It just seems, at least from the outside, such a big part of the culture. Yeah, what is up with the trolls? I mean, we have troll movies and we thought it would be the big Hollywood blockbuster. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably integrated into the folk stories and the folklore that you have um, and you've grown up with. It's... Uh, I mean, go back, I think, 150 years or well, maybe more now, where basically there was uh, two guys collecting stories from across Norway. 
about the mystical creatures, the mystical uh, kind of the folk stories around and put them all together. And from that, it's something we all grew up with. And a lot of it was around trolls. And, and so I think it's just a part of our story and what you grow up with listening from yeah, the kids' stories uh, that your parents read you. But yeah, it's definitely something that's more integrated into us. But it's worth to say that we also grew up with Swedish television, Swedish shows. And, you know, we have that, but still we were quite influenced by the Swedes did as well in the terms of the entertainment side. So when you were small and you had um, you were watching shows that came from Sweden, were they dubbed into Norwegian or did they just keep the Swedish? Just kept the Swedish. Yeah. Ah, so it's, okay. I think it's one of the so Emily Lundberg, people uh, Longstockings. You have a lot of those classics, especially in the eighties, nineties, very big. And yeah, it's it's Sweden has always been very very good in kind of uh, kid stories. Um, on the Cotswolds, you had some really great authors, and yeah, they just showed it. And I think it's one of the reasons why we understand Swedish quite well, and it's quite easy for us to you know naturally understand it. That Quite makes quickly. sense. Yeah. I mean, especially when you learn at such a young age and Norwegian has to be the only other uh, Nordic language that I can actually pretty much read and mostly understand. The Danes, I don't know. I guess those are the three that would be the most similar. So I have a question about food since um, you're quite a foodie. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's something like Norwegian you can't live without? Well, I mean, I have a guilty pleasure, and I guess it's caviar. They're not like the luxurious caviar you find in the more premier shops. It's basically the kalle caviar or milk caviar and all of it. It's quite similar, but, you know, it's something I, I have to have. And it's so odd if you, you know, a lot of people that come in Scandinavia and try it, they're like, oh, that's that's horrible. It's too salty. Why did you eat it? But I love it. I just can't be without it. So every Saturday, piece of bread, put butter on it, you put egg and then call this caviar. And yeah. I think we, we should talk about that. <laughs> this is caviar that comes in a tube. It looks like a toothpaste tube. What a terrible like, mix up that would be. That's one that a lot of people I know in the States are always so shocked by is they're like, just like caviar in a tube? Yeah, there's nothing luxury about it, but it's, no. those, <laughs> it, 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 it's those everyday things that I guess it's healthy for you, maybe. Maybe, maybe not too much. I have no idea. But But, uh, like the kids here eat that all the time. And I I thought that was very funny at first because it does sound like it's a luxury, especially if you don't know it's coming from the tube. And it's like eating caviar every day. Yeah, my (laughs) kids get caviar at school and Grey Poupon. Shane is just shaking her head. She's, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny, you know, you think about like food from different countries and like, I think you need to be born into it in order to enjoy it. Like Vegemite in Australia and Cali's caviar and like Sweden and Norway. And, you know, I'm trying to think of like, you know, craft dinner in Canada. Like that's not really anything unusual, but if I try to feed it to my Swedish, my kids' friends, they're like, oh, it tastes disgusting. Like it's, it's just something that's ingrained in you. And I'm going to guess that craft dinner, that's basically macaroni and cheese. Yes. I had the same problem. Like every kid in America, that's all they eat is like macaroni and cheese. And my kids, I imported some. And so I, I gave them some. But yes, when their friends came over, their friends didn't want to touch it. It's just like, what but is it's this? like gold, right? Like you don't want to waste it on anybody else. Then I again. know. <laughs> when you have to import this stuff, it's like, well, if if you're going to waste it, then no, this is this is my little secret hoard right here. This is only for people that's who appreciate fair. this 99 cent 
craft box of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> so you can probably make it from scratch as well, or is it like a secret American recipe that you, you can have make it from the scratch? Oh, I'm sure you can make it so much better, but it, I don't know. It's it's about the cheese powder. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We, it's we one of those unhealthy more. childhood things. Yeah, I'm sure you can make like a really fancy gourmet nice actual macaroni and cheese but you just want the cheap powder it's maybe one of those things that shouldn't be too fancy either one of the guilty pleasures where it's just you know you feel bad of just eating it but it's still good so yeah (laughs) Uh, sorry i have more norway questions now because now i'm googling stuff i'm like i didn't realize that there's a doomsday vault in norway isn't that in svalbard yeah but that's in norway right yeah, so where we store lots of seeds and things like that, right? Uh, and yeah, has a million plant seeds from all over the world preserved in permafrost. That's wild. Pretty cool. Yeah, and they should have lots of seeds from different uh, type of plants in case the world goes under. Well, it seems, you know, that's probably a good place to kind of move towards as the world is starting to go under. I don't know. Did you grow up in around Oslo or in a smaller town? smaller town further south which is called Fredrikstad and it's basically a boat uh, more of a boat town but uh, in Norway it's it's a middle size I mean what is the middle size in uh, in you know context of the world I mean we have I think it's about 60,000 people there I mean that's the sixth biggest town in city in Norway that's pretty impressive yeah But yeah, I mean, it's one of those um, uh, old towns where you have this fortified town. I think I think it's one of the most pre- best preserved fortified towns you find in uh, Northern Europe. And um, yeah, it was in uh, the, the front of the fight against the Swedes and the Danes uh, once upon a time. So over there, near Gothenburg, if you follow the coast up there, it's similar um, landscape as that. And what decided, like, what made you decide to leave? I guess a bit of adventure because I took my chef's qualifications in Oslo, but I knew I wanted something, something more, something else that, you know, just go out and learn and explore the world. And I was working in a restaurant uh, called Campistro in, in Oslo. And at the time I thought, okay, there's a, this job fair or this uh, student fair um, where lots of this university were kind of presenting. And I, in my break, I went there and saw this hotel school that uh, that have the, a stand and I kind of could just chatted with them. I thought, okay, this could be an opportunity. Then I think it was something like a half a year later, I was uh, on the plane to the Netherlands. But without knowing anyone, I just felt like, yeah, there's something there. And, you know, sometimes you just have to go for it and, and try. If you don't like it, worst case scenario, you go back home. <laughs> so for me, it was great. And four years goes quite fast suddenly. And then uh, obviously I met my Misses as well. It's not bad to bring with you <laughs> on your journey uh, further on. Well, I think that and also like you have this incredible friendship group of culinary experts. So every time, you know, we get together, the food is just, wow. <laughs> You're not eating craft dinner, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we usually do a segment called Swedish Problems, where we talk about things that get on our nerves or, or things that seem very typically a Swedish problem. I'm going to open it up for you. It can be Sweden or 
problems in Norway. It's worth to mention we don't have much very big problems in Norway. So I'm going to just, you know, focus on Sweden for now. That sounds um, like a burn. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, one of the things, being a big foodie and working in the towards the retail industry, I think one of the things in the supermarket here, it just doesn't make sense how things are planned out, how things to find things to market. I just don't get it. So different from like every story going to doesn't matter the size of it. It just doesn't make sense how they put things together. Oh yeah, the colorless caviar is just next to the dog food. Yeah, that made sense, you know. <laughs> and then you have the toilet rolls just next to that again. You're like, yeah, okay, that's obviously where it is. It's one of those things that I just don't understand. It. You should give tourists a map over the supermarkets aisles or something. But for me, it's just what. I totally you know, agree. When when we moved to this neighborhood, we went to the grocery store for the first time and it's like, where's the coffee? We couldn't find the coffee, but of course it's in the Mexican food aisle. Why wouldn't it be? Mexican food aisle. Yep. Yeah. Why not put it there? It. I don't know if this has happened to the <laughs> both of you, but when you finally get the lay of the land in your local grocery store and then they change everything? Mm-hmm. About every six months. Why? <laughs> I'm not discovering anything new. The grocery stores here aren't that big. I mean, your general neighborhood mm-hmm. ones aren't that big. So it's not like I'm going to go, oh, wow, I never knew we had this section. You know, I knew we only have eight aisles. So I, I was pretty familiar with that already. <laughs> Thanks. There's no other Swedish problems. Other Swedish problems. I mean, I don't want to go too long <laughs> too long with it. But I guess there is, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's one of those things where... Uh, the Norway and Sweden is quite quite closely connected. It's like you know, if you stand in the queue, obviously you don't you don't go in front of anyone. <laughs> you know, it's things like you know, to me, it's like automatically, right? I am Scandinavian. I've grown up in Scandinavia, so for me, there's a lot of those things that maybe others would think, oh, that's a that's a weird thing, or that's you know, odd. And sometimes my wife tells me, oh, that's that's weird. Why do you do it like this? But I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess it's yeah, different from asking me than probably. Some uh, the internationals without that background. Okay, so what about positives then compared to all the other countries you've lived in? So I think definitely uh, uh, for me, it's quite relaxed. You know, being here, people are generally quite relaxed and open. I know, <laughs> but you know, for me, it is quite open and friendly. And especially like where we live in those kind of local areas. You know, we live in Solna, or if you live in Sundbyg, or some kind of area around um, where you have a small, almost like a village in a village where you get that feel, but still you're quite, quite close to town. And I feel people are generally very friendly, but also, yeah, you have that element of um, sustainability as well, which I love. For example, when we lived in London, I mean, it was not on people's minds. Now it's starting a bit of, as well there, but yeah, it's so much in the forefront of people's minds here. That Yeah, I really love that. Shana, do you have any possible plans for Valborg? I actually think we're hanging out, aren't we? Are we? <laughs> Wait, I'm pointing at Oystein. Oh! <laughs> so, yeah, so we're Valborg. Let's, uh, let's get plans going. I don't know what we're doing. Yay! Just setting fire to things. Yeah. But now we have to do that. <laughs> Gotta go big, right? <laughs> I look forward to that now. I'm going to burn shit. That's right. Burn all the things. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. So I just want to thank you for, for coming on. And I wish you a happy Valborg, if that's a thing, to wish somebody happy, happy burning holiday. Happy burning holiday. 
Yes. And great I, beer. <laughs> enjoy y'all's Valborg celebration without me, apparently. I, I guess I'm not invited. Well, Heather, you're invited. <laughs> we'll make it happen. I got my own thing in the field, man. I got <laughs> I got my own sticks to burn. All right. Thank you and goodbye. Brilliant. Thank you. Bye. Bye.